0: I was thinking what we should yeah. do is we should just on, spend, we should spend half a million dollars and get a Super Bowl ad for our pod. I like that idea a lot. Because my thing is, what do we have to lose other than half a million dollars?
1: Tim, you can up front that, and then I'll Venmo you.
2: I mean, if I could up front that, I 100% would just, you know, like, leave. I'd be like, I'll oh, see you guys. <laughs> That's
0: fair. Hmm. Hey, no, no commitment. No commitment. Us. Yeah. No commitment though. to the pod doesn't show up with commitment to the fantasy team. Tim's on the shit list. All right, boys, we're back again. Enter, with week nine. Enter the dog pound. <laughs> week nine of the Dynasty Don Juan's. We're back, boys. Week one is officially in the books. We are here today to bring some overreactions and some underreactions to some very well-known and some lesser-known players. So with that being said, I'm your host, Mike, and I'm joined by John. Yep. And Tim. What's up? What's going on, boys? Uh, Even with no fans in the crowd, week one was a roaring success just because we literally have something to talk about again which I, for one, am ecstatic about. Uh, Today, we're going to be trying to get into some players that we noticed having big week ones, some players that ended up disappointing, and uh, some players that we should be honestly targeting or trying to trade away. Uh, The segment for today, we're going to be calling Real or Deal. Uh, Real players, obviously, are players that you want to try to acquire or players that we think their week one was legit. Deal are players that we're selling based on some of their week one performance. Uh, so that being said, do you guys have anything to add on that before we get started? No, no. All right. Let's go ahead and we'll go position by position and talk about some players that we are noticing things with. Um, and we'll, we can start with quarterbacks here. John, Tim, do either of you guys want to start with a player that you think is either a legit or a player that you're looking to trade away based on week one? Uh, I'm going to let you go first, Mike. All right. I'll go first. It's fine. So, uh, I think this is one that people are probably talking about, but I am, can't believe I'm saying this. I think I would be targeting Gardner Minshew based on his week one performance,
2: 19
0: no. of 20, 95% completion percentage, which is an NFL record, 173 passing yards, three touchdowns, zero picks, and five carries for good measure. Um, Boys, I don't think any of us really ever at any point thought that Minshew wasn't capable of being a starter in the league based on what he did last year. I think the problem is that Jacksonville is kind of openly not trying to really build a roster around him. It's more likely they're trying to tank, especially based on what their defense has been doing lately. I think with that being said, um, something I can anticipate happening that I don't know if I would have said it a couple of weeks ago, or I would have said it before the season is if Minshew plays well enough this year, you know, even if Jacksonville ends up going for a quarterback, I don't see a reason why Minshew isn't somebody that another team is going to try to acquire for a pick, even if Jacksonville isn't sold on him. Um, you know, so I think if it's me, I'm definitely targeting him. Um, I think before last time we had talked about Minshew, probably a couple of months ago, we had talked about if you would pay a second for him, Um, you know, it kind of depends on where my team is, but I definitely think in a two QB league, I'm absolutely going to pay a second if I think I need a quarterback. I think, ice. I do know that there's some risk inherited with him, but I do like what I saw from Week One. What do you guys think about Minshew?
2: I completely agree. I love Minshew. I said it in the last podcast. Uh, I think he's going to play well enough this season that they're uh, the Jaguars are going to forego getting a quarterback and they're going to roll with him. And I agree with the second because I think that you could get that from an owner who doesn't think the Jaguars believe in him. And, you know, they think that it'll just be like a one year rental deal for a second. I think you could get some great value there.
1: Yeah, I agree. Cause even if like Mike said that if the Jaguars for some reason don't have faith in him, he can clearly play in this league. So another team will go after him. And mm-hmm. you got to think about a lot of other teams have older quarterbacks like the Colts, um, even the bucks, um, the Saints, who really knows. Um, But even if he's not on the Jags, he'll go to another team, and he might even do better on another team.
2: Because
1: he was playing the the Colts. The Colts have a good defense.
2: Mm -hmm. Definitely. And also, regardless regardless of how good a defense is, you know, no one's done, you know, the 19 out of 20 before, and you would think, even with some really bad defenses in the NFL, someone could have done it. So, hell of a way to do it.
0: Yeah. And I almost think that the buy window is still sneaky because 19 of 20, like he didn't have 350 passing yards, right? He didn't have like a prototypical 350 passing yards, three touchdown game. But if you look at his yards per attempt, I mean, 178 yards on 20 attempts is very respectable. So it's not like he was just dunking it a little bit. Um, So I do also like him from that perspective as well. He scored well, but he didn't score so well that people all of a sudden are going to be obsessed with him, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. But he's, I mean, even last year, he's good at getting the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. Like, he's hes definitely not afraid to chuck one up.
2: Honestly, yeah, I'd agree with you. I, I respect the Jaguars' game plan for that. they It looked like they were playing clock control. They didn't run a lot of plays at all. I, I think they, I, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but they didn't run a lot of plays. So they knew that they were playing clock control, and they were able to do that perfectly. So we'll see if that's going to continue to be the game plan moving forward or if they're going to give him a chance to really kind of uncork it and let it go like they do with Russell Wilson. And,
1: I, I mean, I don't know who's even left on the Jacksonville defense, and maybe it's just that Rivers is really bad. But, I mean, they played pretty well. and Because everyone else thought it was just going to be a shootout and they weren't going to run the ball and the Jags weren't going to run the ball and Minshew was just going to be chucking up a million passes. But it was, just, it was just a good game by the Jags
2: which is kind of surprising. I also, yeah, I agree. I would love to see the Jaguars, again, not go quarterback in the draft and use that first on, like, a really good skill position player. Like, yeah, LaVisca Chenault, uh he's very talented, but it, imagine if they got someone like uh, Jamar Chase or Najee Harris and had them uh, help out Minshew. That would be really cool.
1: Bro, are you saying, yeah, you, I don't think... like, are you, saying you don't like James Robinson?
2: I mean, he's so good, but think about what happened if there were two of them. And if he was so good, why isn't there a James Robinson too? That's... There is. is Ron,
1: there is. It's Ronald Jones the second, baby. Jesus
0: Christ. <laughs> <laughs> one, one thing that I, I think you do have to be careful for – I agree with you, Tim. I'm going BPA up on the Jags. The only consideration I would have is if somebody like Lawrence is there and they have one, I think you do take Lawrence because Lawrence might be the exception. But I think that if you do that, you can still trade Minchin. They can get fair value for him. I mean, if Nick Foles is worth a fourth – Based on what he's done, I don't see why you can't get a second or a third from Minshew, especially on a dirt-cheap contract where all the pieces are around them. Counter
1: <laughs> Counterpoint is if Minshew plays really well, you could – I mean, so if he plays really well, I guess they might not have that pick. But if um, if Lawrence is there, they could trade
0: back and get multiple picks for that pick. Yeah, right? the godfather offer, like yeah. what was happening almost for Burrow this year. That yeah. would definitely be interesting to see. Um, I, but I guess – Sorry, just it. one more thing. But I guess if Minshew is playing that well, they most likely
1: won't have that pick. So, like, that might – because if Minshew plays like crap, they might have that
0: pick. So, I guess that kind of depends on that. Food food for thought, um, in history, most number one overall picks go to a team that have roughly three or four wins. Um, it's just, honestly, even winning their first game, to me, makes me think maybe they end up at, like, five or mm-hmm. six, you know, total yeah. wins. And because of that, if they're five or six – um, I don't think they're going to pay a ton to move up. They'll just go BPA or they'll trade back. They have options. And his weapons aren't bad, right? Like, DJ Shark is completely fine there. He's actually a really good young receiver. And they also have Chenault, who actually had a strong week one as well. So, I mean, maybe they go um, in free agency. Maybe they're looking at running back. They have an absolutely significant amount of cap, too. So, that's everything I have on Minshew. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. Okay, boys, you guys want to pick another player that you're tracking after week one's performance at quarterback? Uh, yeah, I'll go. Um, and we've kind of
1: crapped on this guy a little bit, but I'm going to go Teddy Bridgewater. I think he actually played – I mean, he, he was went 22 for 34, 270, uh, threw one touchdown. I don't think he threw any picks. And then he had four rushes for like about 30 yards. Um, but that's like 21 fantasy points, and I don't think anyone really expected that. I mean, I thought he was going to come out shaky – um, but he was actually he was throwing the ball downfield and he looked pretty good doing it so I mean if if you can go after him I, I would give up a second for him
0: yeah he's probably more stable too than Minshew to be honest with you like he's he, he'll he probably be there again next year too I think
1: yeah because he would who's uh, it's what PJ Walker is his backup like he would have to play really oh and Will Greyer can't forget about him
2: so he like, would have to play football really, against PJ good, good guy
1: Oh, so you should probably be in the NFL then, right?
2: Uh, yeah, actually, I would think that's, that's true. Is, that's how that works, right? I was just gonna draft him based on the personal connection, you know, get the get the insider knowledge. Ooh, that's a good point.
0: I I agree with that, um, John. I'm I'm actually gonna throw an additional point there. I think you probably wait one more week because um, Tampa Bay is on deck for Carolina, and Tampa Bay's defense looks pretty legit based on. Um, how Breeze played last week, so I would say that Bridgewater probably is going to have a less effective game this week, um, and he's somebody who you might be able to target if he has a down week. If he ends up with ten to twelve fantasy points, I would be looking to wait one more week and then buy. Um, That's a good point. point of thing. fact on po- point of fact on this is, you know, during the off season, everything is all about potential. Oh, I want these young guys on my team. Oh, I want my roster around the sexy name picks. Um, when the season starts, you just got to start taking advantage of um you know players that are either underperforming or players that you're just willing to roll the dice with and it's a good example of you know i don't think we're going to hit on too many clear studs this week maybe we'll have a couple but it's a good time to look at some clear studs and and kind of evaluate buying windows because i think people definitely overreact the most to week one conversely if you can hit on somebody who's legit week one throughout the whole year you might get them at a significant discount so it's definitely doubly true to be paying attention to quarterback if you can get them at a discount
1: I agree. Completely agree. Because mm-hmm. everyone's, everyone's been waiting this for this moment for so long, and then their player comes out and underperforms, and they,
2: they give up way too easily. Exactly.
1: Tim, so what are you thinking on Bridgewater?
2: Um, I, I think Teddy uh, surprised me a lot. I personally didn't have a lot of faith in him. I thought he was just a very safe, like, Alex Smith kind of brand of quarterback where he can do what you ask of him. But – He's not going to go out and win a game, but just the way that he performed and the production itself, that's always good to see. And I I talk a lot about, you know, how well a player did, just in terms of regular football, not even fantasy. But I think that's so important in Dynasty because you get these kind of um, discrepancies. Like, people look at Jameis Winston and they're like, wow, dude, dude was a top, like, three fantasy quarterback last year. But he sucked. He threw a ton of interceptions. He wasn't a sound player. And that's how you know that they are not a long-term option on your team. But Teddy, the way that he uh, controls the ball, controls the offense, I think that he will be next year. I agree with John on that. And stability is huge in Dynasty.
0: And he he also is in Joe Brady's system, right? Joe Brady is the guy who made Burrow and all of those guys' first-round picks, um, including Clyde Edwards, Hilaire Burrow, uh, Justin Jefferson last year. So it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility, too, that – just being tied to him. They just need somebody who's safe and makes wise decisions and they'll keep him there for a bit. I'm kind of a fan of assessing a team and knowing when you're not going to win. Like, I don't think Bridgewater, I don't think they're under the guise of Bridgewater bringing them to, you know, get a Lombardi. I think the truth is you continue to build out the players around you while he offers stability. So, you know, if Bridgewater plays decently, but not great, they have a chance at alignment next year they can build out that offensive line further. Like, they have some options, I think. Yeah. And, I mean, and McCaffrey's not going anywhere anytime soon.
1: Yep. So, you got to – yeah, you got to – I mean, probably only like a three-year window with McCaffrey, but still.
2: I just had one more thing I wanted to add about the Panthers offense in general. Dude, so, Roots, or Mike, you mentioned Joe Brady, and he was a passing coordinator for LSU. He made Thaddeus Moss look very relevant. And I thought that tight ends would play a little bit bigger of a role. Obviously I know it's only week one, but Jesus is Ian Thomas so bad. Like how do you have two catches in an offense where, you know, they like they, they can feature the tight end. And you have all these other weapons, yes, they take, you know, targets away, but they also take attention away. And when you take attention away, you leave linebackers uh, or you leave linebackers on a very athletic tight end. You should be able to beat that and get open. That is just infuriating. Speaking of of uh, people
1: who overact and give up on their players too soon
0: after week one. (laughs) Yeah, I think he's referencing you, Tim. Um, Okay. With that being said, I don't, I don't have anything else on uh, Bridgewater either. So Tim, do you have a player that we should be uh, watching going into next week?
2: uh, Yes, I do. I just wanted to bring up briefly Cam Newton because I talked about him a lot last week and I have a lot of the same points to make. Uh, he played very well. He spread the ball around. Obviously, you can't count on him to have, you know, two rushing touchdowns every single game. But in his very first game for the Patriots, I thought he played very well. And they won solidly. They won by two possessions. No real mistakes. They get a fumble or an interception. So, again, just clean, clean offense. And also, the Patriots, they don't have a lot of star power. Obviously, they have Julian Edelman to kill Harry. But Edelman's getting up there in age and Harry is still just for all intents and purposes, this is his first full year playing. So, you know, we, we don't know what he's going to do with his career and Cam Newton can spread the ball around enough that it doesn't matter that they don't have a true X receiver. And also I think that he's the player to own in new England's offense because he's a goal line vulture. Like as you, guys saw you know the two uh, rushing touchdowns he had were in the red zone one was right on the goal line and that'll take touches away from sony michelle I, I know we're not big on him but you know there's the value going away from the running backs and then for the receivers he spreads the ball around like i said and great for real football great for the quarterback but that doesn't help anyone in fantasy when edelman has four catches for 50 yards harry has three catches and then the tight ends have like five catches each or something it's doesn't help anybody
1: I think I think he might help the running backs a little bit actually
2: oh like draw attention away from yeah
1: just because you can't like because everyone knew they were going to kind of be a run first offense this year just because like you said they don't really have I mean until Nikhil proves himself they don't really have like a true number one but Mm -hmm. um I mean like you said he'll probably take away some of the goal (laughs) line touches but he does take attention away from Sony Michelle or maybe eventually Damian Harris um so that might open up some
0: lanes for them
2: I definitely agree hmm. with that.
0: I agree, too. So, with that being said, Cam Newton, is he worth a second? Is yes. he worth a third? He's worth a second. Early second? I'd, uh,
2: give it early, or I'd give it early second. It's so hard to get a good quarterback in this league, as uh, we have briefly talked about uh, today and the day before and the day before that. <laughs> but So,
0: that's so I mean, fine. It,
2: it, it depends where you're at, I think.
0: Okay, I'll give you a scenario. You're a middle-of-the-road team. You think it's likely you end up with an early pick. You're not sure if you're going to contend. However, you would also like to not be pigeonholed into having to draft a quarterback next draft. You pay a second knowing that the second is going to be early, but then it frees up your first to take a skill position player.
1: Mm-hmm. Is that um,
2: reasonable?
1: Yeah, I think so. But there's also st- – because he's only on a
0: one-year deal in uh, New England, right? He is. It's ri- it's risky. Just like Minshew, it's risky.
1: Yeah, because I can easily see oh, – I don't know. Because, I mean, when – Might be a rental. I'll, but, yeah. But I guess if he plays well enough in New England, somebody else will pick him up. Like, it won't be like last time. where no, It took forever for to someone to get
2: him. Yeah, yeah. I'd do it. A big reason why no one picked him up was the injury. The second that he shows that he isn't injured, as we all know, the NFL's of what have you done for me recently league, they they don't care if, you know, you ran over somebody. If you can catch a pass or throw a touchdown, they will sign you. So, you know, with injury, it's like, oh, yeah, he had a sore shoulder last year, but, you know, then he ran for like 10 touchdowns through for 3,000 yards. 100% worth it.
0: Yeah, I agree. So... I think that there's two points I want to make. The first one is, um, you know, he's not as old as people think. Who's is is. older, Russell Wilson or Cam Newton?
1: Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson.
0: They are tied. They're both 31.
2: That was, uh, that was, 30. that was
0: not a good question. I don't like Thank you it. for that. I thought Russell Wilson <laughs> was
2: like 33.
0: He's 31. But, okay. So the point is, I think he can still play in the league. I think if this year he shows he can play, he can get stability again. I think that he's the upside player where, I think that out of eight years that he's been a starter for 14 games or more, he's never ended as worse than QB nine or only once ended worse than QB nine. So, you know, as long as he's rolling, it's kind of worth the risk. We, we've talked about now uh, Cam Newton, Gardner Minshew, and um, Bridgewater. So I think that these are three comparable players, right? I think most people would say in Dynasty, they're similar, Rank, yeah. rank Newton, Minshew, and Bridgewater for me in the order of priority you'd put, since they're all roughly worth around a second.
2: I'd go um, Newton, Bridgewater, then Minshew in order of uh, best to worst. Because again, I, I think that Minshew is great, but we have no idea what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And if he goes to the other team, like we were saying before, another team where they would have an older quarterback, you know, then that's you know two or three years that he just doesn't have value. He's just on the bench.
1: John, um, I think I go Newton, Minshew, Bridgewater. I think because Newton is the safest bet. Um, Minshew has a lot of upside, but I know we've talked about him being Josh Rosen before, which I can still see happening, um, just because he was a late, later round pick. Yep, um, and then I think uh, Bridgewater. I mean. He's just—I mean—he's a safe floor, but I don't like. It depends how much risk you're willing to take because I don't think he's ever gonna, you know, like consistently put up thirty fantasy points for you. That's fair. Like he's more—he'd be more of like a fill-in guy for me, you know.
0: Yeah, I think my thing is if I'm if it's my QB two, I actually want the I want the safest of them. I think that my safest is Bridgewater, so I think I would go Bridgewater, Newton, Minshew, um, and the are only we, reason are I we say- talking like a one-year thing? Or are we talking? Like we're talking dynasty, so like who are you Uh, targeting realistically, right? Like for this year, I think the answer is clearly Newton. I think um, for me though, I know that Bridgewater, based on his contract, is likely to be there more than just this year. And like it kind of reminds me of the Andy Dalton situation years ago, where Andy Dalton was never like my favorite quarterback two, but he was my quarterback three for years, and it allowed me to get more risky in my QB two because I'm looking at my QB three and going, okay, well this guy's going to still be a starter for this team as long as I have something here, I'm fine. Yeah, I agree. All right, I think that's everything I have for quarterbacks, guys. Are you ready to move on to running backs?
1: Yeah, Uh, yeah. I can do that.
0: All right, and with the running backs, let's go ahead and get started. Um, John or Tim, do you guys want to kick it off for this?
2: Uh, John, do you mind if I go first on this one?
0: Yeah, take it away.
2: Uh, So I have kind of the opposite of uh, what we were doing. It's the uh, a misleading stat line. It's someone who played relatively poorly based on I'm sure where they were drafted or what their um, expected value was going to be. Mine is Austin Eckler. I'm sure a lot of people were very scared watching his game. Uh, no touchdowns. He had 19 carries for like 87 yards and one catch. And after, you know, having like what, 100 catches last year, I'm sure a lot of people were freaked out by that, but uh, I just had a few things to say about that. One, the guy had 20 total touches, and he's clearly one of the focal points of the offense. As long as the opportunities are coming, the yards will eventually come too. There's no way that he continues to get 20 touches for 80 yards every single week. Second, he would have had a touchdown if a player didn't land on him at the goal line. That really nice uh, Josh Kelly touchdown, the only reason that Kelly entered the game on the five-yard line was because Eckler got tackled. He landed on his back, and a 300-pound dude landed with his elbow in his gut. So he had to come out for one play, and that happened. Thirdly, it was a first game ever with Tyron under center. Yeah, he's not the best, but I think that the offense will improve when he does and or when they switch to uh, Herbert, get a new look in the last bit. <laughs> Anyone who expected a repeat of Austin Eckler's last year is a total idiot. I just want to say that right now. Anyone who thought that Austin Eckler would come in and be a top ten running back is just straight a fool. Like Rivers pumps the ball to running backs all day. You look at Jonathan Taylor and, and Naeem Hines, but Jonathan Taylor, especially Jonathan Taylor, is not a pass catching running back. We talked about that plenty in our draft episodes. And what did Rivers do? He goes, oh, running back, check down right there. He loves to throw to running backs. Tyrod barely even checks down or throws at all. The guy will have like 100 yards, 150 yards of game passing. So there's not a lot of stuff to go around. Then, you know, again, Tyrod with a rookie project quarterback, that's a downgrade in itself for anyone who didn't see that coming, don't know what to tell you. And I think that he'll be an above-average flex play this year. So I – Think that Ooh, you, can... you think
0: is only going to be a flex play?
2: I think he'll be an above-average flex play just because of the offense that he's in, Tyrod and Herbert. That's... Well, I
0: think, I think his owners drafted him as probably RB 10 to 14 or 15, I would say. So you're basically saying that his owners overbought him and he's worth a lot less than that. So you are basically taking advantage of panicking owners, but also saying that you don't think he's going to have a ceiling that people anticipated.
2: Oh, definitely. Uh, I think that what he will do this season will be consistent. It's not going to be, yeah. I mean, obviously, he's going to have. So a wait. Good so game you're so that. you're
1: saying the game he had last game. You're saying he's going to be closer to that
2: all season. I'm saying, imagine that, but with a touchdown. So like maybe the like he'll get ten points. He will get you a solid ten points every game. But I'm saying the people that got him and they thought, oh wow, I'm going to have you know my, my RB two for, you know, the whole season, that's not it. So I think that you could definitely – it would take some prying because obviously we know that people do not like selling love on their players. But I think he is the perfect buy low because th- this season will be the flex year. I think he will improve next year going forward with, you know, a, a quarterback who actually throws and a little bit more stable of an offense. I think that once I get Tyrod right out of there, he will be fine.
0: Well, to be fair, you basically just said he was going to go from running back three to a flex player, would be like running back twenty-five. So you're basically forecasting him for like a hundred and twenty less fantasy points than he had last year, I if mean, I'm understanding.
2: He had, I think, what a hundred catches. He'll probably get fifty catches this year.
0: Yeah, I would. I would say having it as a safe bet. Um, I I don't disagree with your take. I think I will say I I, I think his owners are going to still want you to pay for him. Like he's what they drafted. So I don't know if you can deal for him um, because of that. So I I get what you're saying. I'm skeptical of an an owner selling him um, for that price. In fact, it almost sounds to me like you would be looking to sell him to somebody who still is valuing him as an RB 15 to 20, to be honest with you.
2: Yeah, I guess that's where I was going with that. And I may have uh fudge this up ever so slightly, but I do think that you know again five to six games of this consistently you know that'll freak anybody out
1: alright so I do agree with you and if you are selling him I'll talk to you after this podcast Um, because I would absolutely (laughs) make you an offer for him because I think I mean this is basically preseason Um, and yeah Tyrod's not gonna he's never been known to dump it off to his running back but they're gonna get him receptions like, that's going to come. And, I mean, you said it in the beginning, the fact that he got 20 touches and would have scored, but then he got hurt for a little bit and they put Kelly in. Like, Kelly did get 12 touches, so, yeah, that's a little concerning. But um, Eckler got 20 touches. Yeah. And he's he's very electric. So, the, the odds are that he's going to do way more than, whatever, 90 yards with those 20 touches a game going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so, him getting 20, 20 carries and – even if his receptions get cut in half, him getting 20 carries a game, I'm, I'm buying that.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree.
1: Okay, fair. John, do you want to go next? Uh, Yes, Mike. I am going to do Malcolm Brown. He had <laughs> 18 carries, 79 yards, two touchdowns, four targets, uh, three receptions, 31 yards, which was about 25 fantasy points. Nothing. I really hope nobody's freaking out over this and going out and trying to get Malcolm Brown. I mean, he's probably on the waiver wire, but I mean, he played. So here's the thing he played the Cowboys. I'm going to give you a couple stat lines here. Last year in the playoffs, the Cowboys played the Rams, and one of their two running backs, Todd Gurley or CJ Anderson, had this stat line 23 for 123 and two touchdowns. Who do you think it was? America. CJ Anderson. C.J. Anderson, <laughs> CJ Anderson. And then Gurley added another 16 for 115 and one touchdown. <laughs> for some reason, the Rams just run all over the Cowboys. So I think Malcolm Brown, I think that's a huge fluke. And I think even though Cam Akers didn't do much, I think he's eventually going to take that backfield over. Um, and I just don't, I'm not
0: buying any of Malcolm Brown. He did have a lot of touches, though 18, 18 carries, carries to three receptions. To, to,
1: yeah, but it's a Cam Akers 14 carries, so it's not like he blew him out of the water.
2: It's, it's going to be he, the efficiency. He,
1: he, yeah, that, but, I mean, it's also Cam Akers' first game. And it, it's nice. the same with the uh, Antonio gibson Peyton Barber thing. Like, Peyton Barber just got, like, the end-of-the-game carries and the goal-line carries just because he's the veteran. You know, but I don't see that lasting more than a couple games. Like, if there was a preseason, I think Cam Akers would already be close to edging out Malcolm Brown. It's just the fact that there's no preseason, so you're obviously going to put your vet in there before the young guy.
2: So you're saying it's just a, like a sell high situation.
1: If you have them, yeah. If you got, if you can get a second form, that'd be incredible.
2: It just it's so frustrating when, again, I know we talked about you know the people on Reddit who have their opinions, but um, it's just funny when you read some of these threads about oh, who are you selling high right now? And I have never in my life seen anyone, quote-unquote, sell high on anything like that. Like, if I tried to sell Jameson Crowder right now for an early second, I would get left out of the room. Just straight up. Well, yeah, I, well, think, I mean,
1: I wouldn't buy him, so, like, I guess you're right there, but I know Mike's going to crap on me because he hates camp makers. but...
2: No, my, or John, I agree. I'm saying I agree with you. It's just funny that, like, you know, obviously we, we agree that, you know, he, we should sell high on someone like Malcolm Brown, and I'm saying just the, the expected value that people think they're going to get, you know, like maybe you get a late second or an early third or something, but you know, the people think it go, this running back for an early second. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. I got you now, Timmy. I think, no, I I actually agree with you. I think secretly that Malcolm Brown might be this year's Carlos Hyde, where he like quietly puts together a 1000 total yard season, Um, whether Mm -hmm. it be with his receptions, he, he, has good enough hands that maybe he gets 800 yards rushing and, or, you know, 700 yards rushing and 250, 300 receiving. So nothing crazy. Um, but I think that his owners are aware of acres and long-term acres is in their plan. So regardless of whether or not I think acres is garbage and acres isn't a good player. Um, it, it's likely that Brown shifts to the secondary option in his backfield. If acres does provide the value people think, counterpoint to this, you know, I don't disagree with you, John. I don't think I'm buying, but I will say like, you can't laugh at it too quickly. Cause I think back to the Seahawks even right when they had Chris Carson and Chris Carson's like the seventh round pick. And here they are with like Rashad Penny. And all of a sudden like the better running back was already on the roster. Like they didn't need to pay. They didn't need to pay for this pick. Right. So sometimes like Malcolm Brown was always good in relief of Gurley. I don't really want a part of the Rams running back. I don't want the headache. So I'm not saying go buy him. But I'm just saying I wouldn't be shocked if deceptively, you know, Akers doesn't pan out either this year or whatever. And quietly, Malcolm Brown ends up being like a valuable flex play. Um, Going back to what you said, I'm certainly not going to pay a second form; It's just not worth it. Maybe a third if I'm really hungry for a running back. Um, But I don't disagree with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, my only thing is, I mean, I guess I'd give another couple games. But for some reason, the Rams – like their third-string running backs just run all over the Cowboys, so like to me it was just like a repeat of the playoffs last year where I got to sit there and watch CJ Anderson rush for a buck twenty against us and just sat there with my thumb yeah. on my
2: ass. So for
0: me, yeah, this and, and I think. Much. Oh, go ahead, Tim.
2: Oh know, I was just gonna say I think that if we see a repeat, not a complete repeat performance, but you know, let's just say like a twelve touch you know, 100-total-yard game with a touchdown, I think then you start getting more solidly into late second territory because people will see it as a trend. It might not be a trend, but people will see it that way. And if someone really wants to get on the hype train early, that's what you have to do. But uh, it is really hard to sell high on one game.
0: Yeah, and – and uh, yeah, yeah, no, th- this isn't like a sell high. This is just like don't overreact uh, to this. Don't go,
1: oh, Malcolm Brown's going to be great this year. Very true,
0: yeah. I think, you know, it's so interesting because we talk about, you know, how do you you buy low? How do you sell high? You know, that's the game essentially. And the thing that everybody always forgets is everybody just watched the same stat line as you. So when you're going in and you're trying to, you know, buy high on a player or buy low on a player, right? Everybody has the same information. And you kind of want to look at things other than just their stat line to see – like who's gonna be the guy, right? Like I'm looking at snap percentages, I'm looking at total touches, I'm looking at things that don't necessarily translate to a good first game, but they translate to how a team intends to use a player. So for me, Malcolm Brown had a good stat line, but Cam Akers did get a lot of touches. So therefore, like I'm not, I'm not buying on Brown yet because he wasn't completely the guy um, mm-hmm. to that point.
1: That was that. Yeah, that was that was when you said he got a lot of carries. I mean, Akers exactly. had four carries behind him. And then I, and Henderson got a couple carries in there too. So, I mean, Henderson's not, I mean, everyone kind of craps on him because what they take him in the third round or whatever, but like he's not a scrub. Yeah. You know, so I think there's a lot of talent in there. Malcolm Brown, he's a great, you know, second running back on your depth chart for an NFL team. Like he's a great fill in guy. I just don't think he's going to hold up as the guy for the Rams. But, yeah,
0: yeah. I don't disagree with you. I think. <clears throat> I'm trying to think of the, of the best direction to go here for somebody I would buy or I would sell. I think somebody I go ahead. Well, no, you, no, keep going. Keep You're going. I think I'm going to go in the direction of a sell here. And I think the sell that I'm going to focus on is probably going to be David Johnson. Um, and this has less to do with David Johnson's single game performance. I actually think he's overall going to probably perform as like an RB2, maybe even like an RB11 to 15 kind of guy, like so high end RB2 at that. My thing is I I'm, we're too close to a time when David Johnson wasn't even worth a third round pick when he was in, you know, Arizona, he's still kind of old. Um, you know, I think he's actually 28. I'll double check that right now, but I, I, Yeah, he's so he he had a good first game. um, And I think that on name value alone, if I could get like a late first, I mean, I would be in love with it for a first. I think all of these players seem to be like in the range of a second. Um, So I think I would say I would probably consider selling if somebody would give a mid second and a sweetener. Um, unless I'm a contender, if I was somebody who was in a rebuild, like time to get him off my roster now. You sell after a good game like this. He didn't even have that many touches. He was effective with his touches, but he actually only had 11 carries and he had three receptions.
1: I completely agree, and I know we talked about it uh, before, but I mean, he looked he like actually looked pretty fresh, like he was moving good and everything. But I, I can just see each game him starting to get a little slower whatever he had a couple of knee injuries and stuff like so i think and the second that happens the second he has a game where he just doesn't look as quick as he did the first his value just is going to plummet because then everyone's reminded of oh he is 28 and oh yeah he was that bad
0: so i agree and i'm going to i'm going to cheat here boys and i'm going to include one more for you and i'm going to say a buy that i think is definitely worth a first for somebody who had actually a very good game um, and I think people are going to be paying attention to is Chris Carson. So this will obviously hurt John a little bit since he traded him during the off season. But I think the biggest takeaway from Chris Carson's game is I don't really care about the fact that he only had six carries. I think we know he's going to get a lot of rushes moving forward. I think the thing I care about is that he somehow can get six receptions and 45 receiving yards. Um, if they're prepared to start using Chris Carson as, you know, a full receiving back, I think that you take advantage of this. He's definitely worth a late first. I'm not paying an early one, but he's definitely worth a late first. And I think he's got longevity here because we just don't know what's happening with Rashad Penny. And this team has other holes than running back. There's just no need to assess it right now. So if you can um, kind of buy high on Chris Carson, he's definitely somebody I'm looking at. I agree.
1: Counterpoint counterpoint to that is who else would be a back that Will be receiving back on the team. It's DJ Dallas and maybe Penny. Penny's hurt. I think DJ Dallas was just in a, inactive or something.
0: Yeah, uh, for game one. I still like yeah, DJ Dallas, one, but but um, I I did too. And last year, You're You're sorry, I
1: didn't mean to cut you off. But last last year, he he had a couple games filtered in where he'd have four or five receptions and receiving touchdown, and it just never lasted. Like it's kind of to me, it's kind of like them just doing dump offs to let him for that. Like he's not he's not a back that can run routes. And I think Penny is, and I think DJ Dallas is closer to that. So I think when the second back on the uh,
0: Seahawks isn't um,
1: uh, Carlos Hyde, and one of those guys comes back, I think he's not going to get as many receptions.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with you. I am looking at his targets. So last year, he had 47 targets, 37 receptions. The year before that, he had 24 targets, 20 receptions. So he's been upping his targets. My guess is probably he has been trying to add that a little bit to his skill set. Um, yeah. Every every offseason, they say. Well, that. statistically, it proves true, but I, I get your point. He's not getting 60, 70 touches, but he also was what? RB11 last year. And that was with. 37 receptions I mean if he gets 50 receptions if he gets 55 receptions um and you know he's going to get all the touches right now as the runner himself uh you know I guess Carlos Hyde's there I'm not scared of Carlos Hyde but I don't know I mean I'm I'm kind of I don't know I'm buying because I think that Chris Carson always gets poo-pooed um so I'd be willing to make the plunge hey man you're you're preaching to the freaking choir here (laughs)
2: I just wanted to add, uh, with the pass catching and the targets, the quality of the targets. I, I'm not sure if I brought this up um, previously on the podcast, but I know I've talked about it with you guys. Sometimes with receiving backs, uh, people think that, you know, you have to line up out wide to be considered a receiving back, or you have to run, like, a very complex route at the backfield. You don't. It's just if you're a running back that can catch, like you have the physical ability to catch, you can get receptions and Chris Carson is not that he is a receiving back. They were manufacturing touches for him out wide. They had him run a screen play and they had him on the check down. So it's not like, you know, he just coincidentally the seventh read on a play that Russell Wilson drops it to him. They for, they not forced the ball, but they drew a place to get him the ball out wide in space as a receiver which I love.
0: Yeah. And, and for what it's worth, John um, Dalvin cook had 21.3 fantasy points and Chris Carson at 21.6. So you might want to message Ethan. Maybe you can do a one for one and get Carson back on your team based on just what we're seeing from week one. Hey, hey, but I thought we weren't saying names. <laughs> that doesn't matter. We've already messed that up before. No. Yeah. No <laughs> restart. All right. Do you guys want to go on a wide receivers?
1: Okay, so here's my thing
0: with Carson before we go on
1: the wide receivers. One, I know everyone undervalued him, and that's why I couldn't trade him for anything. Two, injuries. And three, freaking when Rashad Penny's there and now they drafted DJ Dallas, every freaking week that he fumbled once or like Rashad Penny had a nice run, the next like, it was just too stressful to have him <laughs> on my team anymore because it was like, oh, he's, he's out. Oh no. Pete Carroll loves him. He's back in. Oh no. He's out. Oh, he's back in. I was, it, it, I, he I'm just help. a little
0: bit confused because I thought you played this game for stress. I thought you liked the stress.
1: I do. I do a little bit. It gets the heart rate going, <laughs> but I, I got, I got two good years out of him. Though, a, so especially
0: sorry. since you bought him for two mid seconds, I think it ended up working out fine. But, um, uh, yeah. Granted, I got those seconds to be using a trade for Michael Thomas with a league mate um, that that won't be named. With that being said, uh, are you guys ready to go on a wide receiver?
1: Uh, yeah.
0: You, you sure you don't want to name uh, a league mate? He's on this pod, uh, and it's not John. And it ain't me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on to uh, receiver. Do one of you guys want to go first for somebody you're looking at?
1: Uh, yeah, I can go. I don't. I'm not really sure if this is a by high yet or not, but it's getting close. And I think it's Paris Campbell. Um, He had nine targets. He caught six of them for 71 yards. Um, I think he he had the most targets on the Colts. Um, And it was just a pretty, pretty bad day for Rivers. So I think everyone's kind of focusing on that. But the fact that he had, I mean, this is supposed to be his breakout year. He was hurt a lot last year, but he's a big dude. He's fast. He's very athletic and there's not a lot of competition for targets on the Colts. But I think if you could sneak in and get him now before he has that huge game, I think that'd be a nice buy. Um, because, you know, uh, Rivers was clearly just pumping him the ball. But I think everyone right now is focused on how bad Rivers played, that they're probably staying away. But I think Paris Campbell could be the top receiver on that team. in a few weeks. I completely
2: weeks. agree. I love how he played and uh... – I was looking to buy him, actually. I, I don't know who has him in both leagues off so the top of it, but I really wanted get to him try to make an offer. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but
1: Yeah, I actually have a close personal connection to the person in my league that has him. Oh, so my I'm God,
2: I forgot. Them. That's Yep, I remember that trade. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I really liked it. And as I said before, uh, Rivers is a big volume guy. Uh, I mean, yeah, I was talking about to the running backs, but – he is basically like the old Jameis Winston, or the pre-Jameis Winston. He would just throw a ton of yards. Yeah, he'll get you some picks in there, but he will get wide receivers the ball. And he will get yards somehow.
0: I, I have to say, John, I like this take. Um, Gamble is a sneaky one. I think my problem it's... with Gamble, my only problem, is that they also do have Pittman. But I think T.Y. Hilton is going to get aged out here. He's kind of close. Um, so Yeah, so... To, no you go yeah i was gonna say, say i think you can probably actually still get him for a third because of how many other mouths there are to feed and he didn't have such a blow up game that people should be like oh he's immovable um so i would i don't know if i would pay a second yet but i think that like if you could get him for a third i really like the risk you're taking for that kind of a value well that was my main thing is sneak in there now
1: before he has that big blow up game but also what you said they do have pitman and I think like Jack Doyle and also Naheem Hines T-Y. and stuff. To, so there's a lot of mouths to feed there. But like you said, Ty is going to get aged out. And I think their future is going to be Paris Campbell and Pittman. So
2: I think I he's a good.
1: If I can get him for a third, that'd be I will nice. say different
2: receivers Pittman and um, yeah, Campbell.
1: Yeah, Campbell's a little bit faster.
2: More also, of a deep and again, I don't know you but. Uh, you are saying they'd try to get him for a third. I would honestly pay a high second for him. I'm pretty sure Paris Campbell was a first-round pick.
1: Uh, like a second-round pick, I think, but I would also pay a high second. But, I mean, if you could get him for a third because, like you said, he hasn't technically broke out yet. Yep.
2: It's just hard. It's hard trying so. to trade for young players in fantasy, or dynasty at least, because everyone wants to hold on just in case. <laughs> It's like when people yeah. were asking you for Harry. You know, you said, hey, I'm sure you're going to give me, you know, a good offer, but I'd like to really see him play first.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, I drafted him in the first round, so I'm not just going to give him up for a third all of a sudden.
2: You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I mean, I draft him in the first, so um, he's sitting on my team until he either does something or retires.
2: I just, he's an example. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. For all of you out there listening, uh, don't even ask John about Nikhil. He'll kill you. It's his
1: yeah. So, for those of you who are listening, ask him for Michael Thomas because he will give him to you <laughs> for nothing. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> all right. Um,
0: I think the player that I'm going to be pointing out here, I'm going to go for a player that's like a superstar um, that I don't think people should be concerned about and they should still be targeting, and that is DJ Moore. Um, DJ Moore only had four receptions for 54 yards – But he ended up having nine targets. Um, You know, last year, I think he had eleven or 1,200 yards. And circumstantially, he had that with Kyle Allen, who's absolute garbage. Um, Like a flaming trash can. I can't emphasize this point enough. But if, uh, you know, a hot garbage doo-doo Kyle Allen can get DJ Moore to 1,100 yards, and, you know, he only had four touchdowns, um, I'm absolutely trying to get DJ Moore. If anybody is not excited about his week one, just based on his targets, I'm not worried about him being the main focal point. Um, I would easily pay a, a first. I would probably pay a near early first. Um, I know we're going to talk as we get closer to the middle and the end of the season on how you should be valuing picks for um, this upcoming draft. I, my opinion is that there's probably going to be three to four very good, sure things that you're feeling comfortable with um, early in the draft in terms of players. And that's going to include for two quarterbacks, players like, uh, Lawrence Fields. I think you're going to have ETN in there. And I think probably um, Najee Harris is, is likely to be somebody that's being looked at as well. Um, I'm sure one or two other players are going to sneak in. And there's also going to be, um, per receiver, I think we all know Jamar Chase is <laughs> going to be absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal. He's probably going to be the 1 1 in some leagues. So, with that being said, you know, if I'm not getting one of those four to five guys and I have like a mid first, I'm absolutely trading a mid first for DJ Moore. No questions asked. I think it's absolutely a good trade and it's worth doing. I, agree. Also, I
2: think it's prime breakout time for him, right? It's his third year.
0: He kind of, you
2: know, like he's going to take the next step.
0: Yeah. He had, last yeah. year, he had 135 targets. He had 87 receptions with 1,175 yards and four touchdowns. Um, and his rookie year, he had seven hundred eighty yards with two touchdowns. So, I mean, you know, he's one of those guys where you know anything above five to six hundred yards your rookie year is really good. So, I'm still excited about DJ Moore. I think he's still a buy and take advantage of people that are depressing his value.
1: I agree. And you said he got nine yeah, targets. he had nine
0: targets, only four receptions. That's
1: I mean, you got to think they're in a with a new coach, new OC, new quarterback, new system, like. The fact that he's getting all the targets is good. The chemistry will eventually get there, and they'll eventually click, and then he's going to be even better.
0: Yeah, and Bridgewater had uh, 275 passing yards, as we were saying before. So, based on having 275 passing yards, I think it's likely that, um, you know, they're going to air the ball out enough that he's going to be relevant in that regard. Yeah. And also said it
2: a few times uh, just about the season in general, uh, there's a lot of moving parts with some of these teams where they're switching uh, coaches, new quarterbacks, everything. And again, the pandemic with the shortened off season, no preseason. So I think that that showing uh, with the targets is always good. Like for me personally, I look at snap count and um, just how many targets or looks that they get because, you uh, Honestly, just if you get the ball thrown at you enough, something will happen. And if it doesn't, then you know that they're just throwing out at a necessity.
0: Yeah, and to that point, I can't emphasize based on all of those things how I'm still how much I'm still buying Swift. <laughs> I was I really had to hold off saying anything because I know he had a bad I, drop, but he his snap share was good. Too bad. Yeah, too bad drop. Well, I, I didn't see the second one, so it's not real in my head.
2: That's fair, Mike. The one thing that uh, I have to say about Swift, I actually had him down here, but. I, I didn't want to put a rookie here because, you know, this is dynasty or not. You know, panic buying, panic selling a first-round running back, you know, after his first game. The biggest and most telling thing for me was that Stafford threw him the ball with the game on the line. And that's huge. It's yeah. a ton of trust.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, guess what? Timmy might
2: not be doing it's that the anymore. the Lions. They'll, they'll do it again and again and again.
0: <laughs> yeah. What did I say before the season? Theo Riddick was a relevant flex PPR running back and that was just off of being uh, a receptions guy. So, honestly, the guy that I would be worried about in that backfield is on I don't see where on fits in because he would have been the thumper, and AP clearly filled that role for them. Swift has a clear role on passing downs. That Will. also means that they trust him uh, for pass blocking. So, expect his snap count to keep going up, Honestly, I honestly think. Yeah, I agree. But we're not talking about running back. We're talking about wide receiver, and I think one of you still has to go here. Tim, do you still have to pick a wide receiver?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. I have kind of a uh, a buy high deal if that makes sense. Like the they just had a really good game, and I think that you can catch on before they explode even more. And that's Darius Slayton, great, clear cut number one uh, receiver. He has awesome chemistry with Jones. The competition's minimal. Tate's old, injured, and he's in the slot. They have two completely different roles. Sterling Shepard is just average. He's never wowed me. He's never done anything to indicate that that he's a number one receiver. And most importantly, he produced against a tough Steelers defense. Like, you know, for a game where they they shut down Saquon. They absolutely shut down Saquon. But uh, Slate was able to get open somehow just against a very talented Steelers secondary. So I think the fact that he was able to do what he did against the Steelers, I think that's huge. Yeah, you know, it's probably hard to buy him right now. But if you look at how most people pick this guy up, he was a free agent pickup. This isn't someone where, oh, I traded, you know, a first rounder. I drafted him early in the first and I don't know if I want to sell him. It's, hey, I picked this guy off of waivers last year and he had a really good game. Like he's still a fifth round pick. No one, no one knows if this effect. is going exactly. no or not. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I, I like that. My thing is, I think his owners are going to want more than a second now, and I don't know if I would pay first.
2: Very true. That's what I mean. I I think maybe, like, two mid-seconds or a high second and, you know, maybe, like, another role player. Like, honestly, I would feel comfortable paying a high second and, like, someone like a single Terry, you know, like a co-backfield leader. Kind yeah, of you're almost
0: willing to overpay if you believe in him at this point. I think that's what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, I just think it's tough
1: because – I mean, he was one of those guys that you talked about. He had, what, 750 receiving yards his rookie year, and then he comes out year two, his breakout year, and does that. I I don't know if you're going to get him away from the guy that owns him.
0: It's what people live you for. You might you have know, to wait. The breakout. Yeah,
1: yeah, the breakout. You might have to wait till he has a, maybe a couple games where he, he's got like five catches for 50 yards or something, and then people lose a little. You know, a little steam on them, and then you can go up and buy them. Funny, to funny stat of the
0: day is I'm pretty sure that Antonio Brown, his third season in the league, had five catches at 50 yards at least, minimum, in every single game uh, he played in, and it was a record. So, if Darius Slayton has nothing worse than five receptions, 50 yards for every game this season, uh, John predicted it.
2: <laughs> well, let's hope he stays away from the other. Yeah, but let's. Like- so. My bad. <laughs>
1: yeah i was i know i was gonna say the same thing (laughs) hey we're and darius slayton retires to go back to school that's
0: still raw for me being an antonio brown owner so (laughs) can't win them all though boys uh all right let's go yeah (laughs) then then you'd have a lot of rings um i just have one i
1: want to do real quick because i want to see what you guys think about it uh well of course, Sammy Watkins is going to keep this up and have a good year and do this every game, but we won't talk about that. Um, just got to mention him in the podcast. Um, I think Juju is a sell right now. Really interesting. Yeah. I mean, because everyone's like, oh, Big Ben's back. Oh, he played amazing, yada, yada, yada. I think you could get a lot for him. And I just think there's too much risk going around. Like, he might not – they're probably not going to re-sign him.
0: Yeah, I think Johnson um, was
1: targeted more it, than him. I've Hey, man, can I can I finish my little segment here? or? Sorry. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> I was going to say Deontay – well, I was going to say he got targeted just as much as him. He just didn't do a lot with it because I think he might have been a little nervous or something. He looked like crap at the beginning. But he picked it up. Um, and there's also just – I can easily see Big Bang getting hurt again. I mean, look at freaking James Conner. It lasted half a minute. They had Mason Rudolph. But, like, they're like sorry. one injured – sorry. I was going to say they're one injury away from just falling apart like they did last year. So I think if you sell now, you could get a first plus something.
2: Oh, plus I like a me lot some more. Deontay.
0: I like me some Deontay Johnson boys. I still do. I, I do too, John. I didn't Would mean you?
2: to interrupt you. I just wanted to say they even had Mason Rudolph warming up on the sideline yesterday, like because it looked like ben yeah,
1: because <laughs> I I think I think it was his knee or something he was <laughs> holding. So and like. If he goes down, clearly Juju goes down with him. So, I think everyone's going to be so excited about him being back. And then my main point was that Deontay Johnson was targeted
0: just as much and, like, swooped right in and stole I that, buy that. Get so
1: some done Juju. for the day.
0: I like it. Um, guys, I know I know we're coming up on time. We, we have probably five or six minutes left here. Um, I want to go ahead and get into tight ends in case you guys have a couple that you want to hit on. Do you guys have anything else for wide receivers before we go on? No. Nope. All right. Um, I'll start with tight ends here and I'm going to talk about a tight end that I think it's just, this is going to be the Homer in me. It's just time to buy him. Um, and that's Andrews. If you can get him for literally anything reasonable, I would say that by midway point of this year, there's a debate about Andrews versus Kittle being the first tight end taken in startup. I think he is now tied with a much safer quarterback in Lamar. I think Lamar is going to be there for a long time. Um, and the truth is there's enough weapons that it's just hard for defenses to key in on Andrews. And we know that Lamar likes targeting him, uh, you know, direct comparison to kill right now. I, I still love Kittle, but there's just so many weird components of, of what's going on in San Fran. The first thing is um, that team plays really to wherever players are open versus manufacturing touches for their stars. Um, even if Kittle is the best player, I don't think Garoppolo is the kind of guy to just force it to him because it's Kittle. I And I, I also think Kittle also deals a lot of injuries. He just seems to always be a little bit nicked up. So this isn't to say, like, sell Kittle. I mean, I still like him a lot. Um, but I do think it's time to start having a debate about, like, in a startup now, you know, Kittle round two or three versus Andrews round four or five. I like the value of Andrews way better. Yeah, he gets every – I mean, every time they're in the red zone, he's throwing it to
1: Andrews.
2: Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree. Like you're saying,
1: you're okay. gonna have to. You're gonna have to give up, like as much as you would for Kelsey in his prime, probably. But yeah, he's expensive now. Would you be?
0: What would you give up? Would you give up? I would give up
2: a mid to late first, like to get. That I would easily give up. I would yeah. easily
0: give up a mid first if you're willing to pay an early first for Kittle. And most people would say Kittle's worth two firsts. I would easily. I, I might. I don't want to go off the rails here. I think I would pay like, unless I'm somebody who needs the quarterback um in, you know, in my league, in a two quarterback league. And outside of getting like Etienne or Jamar Chase next year, so I guess that's basically one point three, I would play I would pay around one point four and, and up for him.
2: Mm-hmm. Agreed. I just wanted to add that Mike said, you know, they can't key in on him. Even if they do key in on him, the dude's insane. He he wills himself open. So, it doesn't even matter if they key in on him. The guy is a force.
1: And he's – and he's, yeah. And he's obviously by far Lamar's favorite target, which Lamar can throw for those who don't think he can still.
0: So, I agree, Mike. That was mine. The other player – But uh, anyway, do you guys have players do you want to head yeah. on?
1: Yeah. I think uh, you can still kind of buy this guy low. Um, there was a lot of hype on him. Um, over the off season, I think, and it might've died down after week one. And that is, I hope I don't steal your thunder here, Timmy, but Mike Gesecki. Uh, and that's because, um, you know, he had a down week one, but so did everyone else. Uh, Parker didn't do anything. Um, uh, Preston Williams didn't do anything. Fitzpatrick looked like crap. Um, and Parker's also hurt. Uh, he might miss next week. So they're kind of running out of other targets besides Gusecki. Um, and I just think now would be a good time. I mean, i I'd, I'd probably spend a late second, early third, just because he is—he's not one of the top tight ends yet, but he's very athletic, and I think he could easily break out this year and be a top ten tight end, just based off not many other targets
2: going around. Yeah. I I agree. As someone who has him, you know, on their roster. A lot of people were probably worried uh, by the depth chart incident that happened before the season started. He wasn't even listed as a starter, and people were very worried about that. But you got to look at how Chan Gailey uses tight ends. He loves blockers. So he lets um, – oh, my gosh, I can't even think of the other guy's name. He He's had like 10 career catches. So they have that guy blocking, and then they use Kiseki as a big slot. And I just saw a little tidbit that no receiver broke 50 yards versus the Patriots. And Gasecki had 30 yards. So, you know what, for that, that's, that's not bad. That's,
1: that's what I mean. He he wasn't far off from Parker. Well, Park, I think Parker got hurt halfway through the game. But, um, they, I mean, Fitzpatrick just did not look good. So, you got to assume either Fitzpatrick's going to play better or Tua's going to come in. Um, but he's a guy I think you could get pretty cheap right now.
2: Also, the best part is for a tight end, you know, 30 yards if he had – you know, a 15-yard touchdown catch or something like that, everyone would be like, oh, my God, look at that. It's, it's so funny how just one touchdown makes it look so much better. Like, even, even look at, you know, any stud tight end. I'm sure they had a bad game last year.
1: Well, yeah, tight ends just don't score as many mm-hmm. points.
0: My, my only but. concern with him is I don't think that Tua is known to manufacture a lot of receptions for his tight ends. So you have to also think a little bit more about what it's going to look like when a new person comes. Actually, uh, he had Irv Smith. Irv Smith had a 710-yard receiving season with him. So I, maybe he does target him a lot. So I guess my my thing is it depends what you have to pay for him. i just I'm willing to give a second for a tight end that's not in the upper echelon of guys. Um, and my second point here is I definitely would need to consider whether or not um, – to, like how I factor in Tua coming because I think Tua will provide stability, but I don't know if I'm willing to pay a lot before I see how Tua looks with him because that's really what the future is going to be anyway. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, I, I think at the
1: at the most I'd give if I thought my second was going to be towards the back end, closer to the third round, and I for some reason really needed a tight end. But fair. Yeah, fair. I'm just saying someone who I still think is going to break out, even though he had a, a pretty low week
0: one.
2: One, one Sam, what about
0: you? you? You have somebody? Uh, you have one,
2: I, one have one more thing? I one more thing for Gasecki. Uh, it kind of adds on to what I was saying before with the depth chart thing where he wasn't listed as the starter. Uh, he's basically the big slot. Like, he's just a big slot receiver. He doesn't even play a lot of tight end. I think last year over half of his snaps were out wide, and you are saying Irv Smith Irv Smith is the same way. I think he's only 6'3". The guy's just a, a wide receiver.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's the same way the Giants use Evan Ingram, kind of.
2: Mm. So you
1: expect you expect the uh, matchup to be like a linebacker or a smaller safety, so he should be Definitely. good.
2: And uh, well, that's all I had for tight ends too. I, I can use my uh, earlier bit on Ian Thomas being a huge disappointment. <laughs> yeah, you,
1: you I do. hope you. Co- I hope. I hope you. I hope you drop him when he comes to top five tight. I think
2: I'm dropping him for I don't even know. I'm gonna waiver up.
0: Ian Thomas, tight end one, inbound, tied to Drew Brees, quarterback one for the next two years. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, <laughs> Austin Eckler, running back one
1: as well. Yeah, Austin Eckler
0: probably behind earns. behind
1: Ronald behind behind Ronald Jones,
0: of course. Austin Eckler is actually a friend of the pod, so he he's been listening and he doesn't really like what you've been saying about him. You basically you reverse poo pooed him, and I don't even think you realize it. That's probably the worst part. Um, all right, boys, we're, we're running up on a little bit more than an hour here. Um, it's been fun. Football is finally back, uh, and we'll be back next week to overreact and underreact as we usually do. So with that being said, peace out. Later.